Hello and welcome to Constitution. This is our third episode. I'd like to first thank you guys that have been listening um, to us uh, during this series. Um, this episode, we will be discussing um, the limitations on Black political representation. Um, so there's there are a lot of factors um, that come into play when you talk about uh, Black political representation. Um, and it's it's a it's a fight that um, black people as a whole have been fighting um, since the the reconstruction period. Um, you know uh, and, and there's so much that can be said about um, the fight for black political representation um, because although, um, blacks have been have held elected office um, for quite some time now. There still exists this question of whether or not whether or not holding elected office, you know, kind of gives you an equal footing in um, representation or having your um, uh, a seat at the table kind of gets your issues. Um, more talked about and 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 met. Um, so I'm here with my um, co-host, and that's what we're going to be discussing uh, on this episode. Um, so we have, uh, we're just going to go down the list of um, things here um, that we'll be talking about, um, starting with. Um, well, I I think maybe we should just start with a general conversation around, um, you know, African-American or, or black uh, politicians or public servants uh, that are there. And I mean, I think that generally we have, you know, a good number of people um, in roles. The question is, are they doing the work of the people? Are they doing the work of <clears throat> those who are in need? Are they doing the work of those who have paid for them to be there? Uh, and are they really connected and in tune with uh, their community? Uh, and, you know, really their community could be very diverse. It could be all black. It could be white, whatever the case might be. But, um, you know, for the sake of this conversation, um, you know, the black vote and having black leaders uh, in these roles and how they are producing for the people. Uh, and so, you know, with that said, my general comment um, around this is, yes, we have people in office, but they are not focused on the needs of their community. And I think that there are a number of um, um, issues and a number of reasons why, um, you know, I'm not gonna say that they are valid reasons, but there is a power struggle between uh, those that we vote for um, as far as those who really support them. And, and I think that we'll, we'll dig down into that a little bit. Uh, and then we'll also talk about the accountability of those that we vote for and put into office and what our expectations of them are and should be uh, when they do receive that vote from us. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's my opening statement around that. You have something to add? Um, no, um, 
I will say, you know, from a statistical standpoint, um, I did read this article um, that was, um, in a nutshell, just stating that um, what, basically if a, if a bill has, it, in terms of political representation, if a bill has a black support, um, then that bill is like 40% likely to pass. Um, and that's on a federal level in, in Congress. Um, but if a bill has white support, majority white support, um, that then that bill is like 80 to 100% more likely to pass Congress. Um, that was very eye-opening for me when it came to this whole conversation around political represent, black political representation. Um, because, you know, I, I, that would have been completely oblivious to me. Um, Another thing that I that I found um, and is so true um, is that a lot of our uh, political campaigns are shaped around being appealing to the white voter um, and not necessarily the black voter. So um, we hear a lot of mention of the black voter, but a lot of the campaign campaigns and policies are not shaped to affect the black voter, um, but more so built and structured towards white voters. So I think we could dissect that point a little bit. And so, um, you know, knowing that the uh, support for a bill, um, you know, is likely to pass uh, if you're a a white uh, elected official and you are supporting this, you got a couple things. One, you have the power, right? Uh, and I think that we've addressed this in the last two episodes about power uh, and who has it. And in the U.S., money is power. Mm-hmm. And so most public officials, period, across the board are going to work for the people who gave them money. And again, that's why I said, you know, my opening statement, who are you really working for? Are you really working for your people or are you working for your donors? Um, <clears throat> the other part of that. Uh, is, you know, you mentioned the black voters and, you know, if it, if it has some black support, you know, oh, this is, this is good. You know, there's, it's, it could be, that could even be, I guess, like broken out uh, because you have a numbers aspect to that. And then you have this, oh, if, if I have black supporters, that means, oh, that they somewhat support this, that I did pretty good uh, as a, as a, as an elected official. Now, one, again, most people who are asking about the black vote, you're only looking at the numbers. You're, you're specifically saying, oh, you know, people who vote for me is a very diverse population, um, you know, that I have. Like, yeah, right. The mm-hmm. other part is the black vote is, I, I almost want to say, given to you. Uh, And then you don't do any work to assess the needs of their community or, you know, the things that you said on your campaign trail that you were going to do, uh, that you did it only to get the numbers, only to get into office. And a lot of times I see with our black politicians and our black elected officials that they get out here, they campaign for it. And once they're in office, that is the end of it. And there's every excuse as to why this did not happen. Uh, but then there's also this education piece of that too. Um, but I'm gonna throw it back to you and 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I don't, I don't think that it's just our black elected officials. It's even, you know, Democrats, the, the Democratic Party as a whole, which the black electorate seems to have a sense of loyalty towards, um, which I do think is another thing that hurts, um, hurts the black community in terms of black political representation, is that we have this sense of loyalty to what has been known or candidates who we have name recognition for. Uh, we don't really educate ourselves on the platforms of these Democratic candidates and, you know, just uh, holding them accountable. Um, like you were saying, um, you know, it all boils down to accountability and holding these elected officials accountable. If they campaign and come to your neighborhood campaigning on, you know, uh, if they campaign on uh, getting rid of student loan debt, then we should be holding them accountable. When they get into office, we should be, you know, pounding the pavement, you know, like we are um, now to, you know, impeach Donald Trump. We should be pounding the pavement, holding them accountable, you know, calling their offices and, and you know, writing letters. You know, I feel like it, it, it shouldn't stop at you campaigned and you've been elected. You know, a lot of times, you know, we go out and we vote for candidates and then we just go back to our normal way of right. living and we there's no sense of accountability right. there um so um i do agree that there needs to be a level of accountability there um i think yeah i mean i i think accountability matters like it is the way you cor you start to correct these issues um now a lot whew, a lot could come out of that conversation i'm not gonna go there because we, we have limited time but when it comes to, um, as you said, this black voter loyalty, people are voting for people because they look like you. Mm -hmm. um, you're voting for people because they sound like you or you feel like you can relate to them. Um, I'm going to go two ways here. I know I keep splitting tonight. But, you know, one, I have this thing I call a descriptive statistic. Uh, and in that space, I mean, you're a black person who got in office by black voters, but you are not doing anything for the black community. You are not addressing the needs of the black community. Um, the other part of that is, <clears throat> you have a person, y'all know I'm gonna say it, mm -hmm. like Bill Clinton, who, you know, people are like, oh yeah, he's great. I feel like I can relate to him. Oh, you know, people was out here talking about, oh, he smoked weed, you know. I, just, I mean, just crazy stuff. One, you know, Okay, anyway, I'm not going to go there. But, you know, we, we as a black community sided with Bill Clinton. And then now you got this crime bill that is a problem all these years later. Mm -hmm. And because you were so blind and loyal to a person that you thought you liked, here we mm -hmm. have brothers, sisters, cousins, mothers, fathers who cannot be functional citizens in the United States because of this crime bill. You have people who are still locked up for nothing because of the crime bill. You have people who have built communities off of this crime bill, all because we were loyal to someone who we thought we liked. So my next point is to get into the education for black voters that I agree. There is a likability factor in who I vote for, but I'm also very educated when it comes to what policies they are doing, they represent uh, you know, what bills they want to put out here? What do you want to do in my community? And I'm looking at the long term. 
right? Like, I mean, people have to look at the history of things. You have to do research. You have to understand exactly what it is that people want to do and be able to assess that and forecast from it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, again, with the crime bill, we had to be thinking about how African-Americans were targeted. I mean, we were very young when, you know, when this crime bill came, we weren't thinking about that. We were marching off the kindergarten, Uh, you know, but if we or our parents and, and, you know, aunts and uncles thought about how this would have affected us and how that now people who I went to school with are stuck in jail or, you know, they can't vote, like all types of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. If we were educated about it and knew what we were getting ourselves into. And so I think that uh, along with accountability, we need to really dig deep into what are you trying to do? And, you know, we were watching the news earlier and people were saying, oh, you know, it could hurt you to give too much detail. You know what? I need to know the ins and out of what you're mm-hmm. trying to do. Because if I don't know the process, then you're going to slip something right up under, you know, right past my eyes. And here I am going to be looking like Boo Boo the Fool later mm-hmm. on down the line. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, wow. To, to really, like, dissect this conversation mm-hmm. and get into the root cause of why this is an issue and why we're constantly headed down this path. Because even now, today's, you know, so-called pro-black politicians are not doing the work that they need to do to, one, get our next set of black uh, elected officials in, but to really lay the groundwork that they are educating people, that they are bringing people to the table, that they are having these candid conversations so that people understand what it is that they stand for. So, you know, you bring up a great point, um, especially about black politicians, um, you know, being elected to office and then not really uh, passing legislation that really uh, positively affects the black community. So uh, my professor brought up a, a, raised a a pretty um, interesting question um, and I'll I'll pose the same question to you and see what your answer is. Um, So what do you think uh, Barack Obama did for the black community when he was in office? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to think a while too. Um, But in class, you know, it kind of worked, you know, everybody's very uh, engaged in the, in, the, in the conversation. So sometimes it gives me time to think. Um, and I'll just give you my answer uh, while you kind of let that marinate. Mm-hmm. Um, so my answer was, if not anything, uh, I, I do think that the Obamacare was a, a sweeping legislation that probably affected the um, minority population as a whole. Um, but I think if anything, he united um, the uh, black community and he also galvanized the, the young black community in terms of voter participation and uh, political participation as a whole. Um, so, mm. I mean, that was my opinion. So what do you uh, think? You know, I, I would agree with that. And I, I think that, you know, uh, poor Obama, he struggled. <clears throat> he had a lot he wanted to do. I think that, you know, personally in his mind, he had all of these things that he wanted to do, but he did not have the support because, I mean, clearly, you know, Senate was Republican and whatever. 
uh, and they were not going to back him for most of the stuff that he wanted to do. And I think that he had to identify certain wins. Um, I, I do wish that, you know, during that time that it was more important or people made it um, a big deal to make sure that your local leaders were elected and they were people who were going to do the work for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I think that I think that that would have helped him a little bit more. Um, I think that people are seeing that now. But, you know, again, I mean, I don't know. It kind of puts you at a at a inroad, like when you kind of think about holding black elected officials accountable, because Mm -hmm. I feel like when they do take office, it's kind of like the whole reconstruction period where, you know, as soon as you start to be successful, like you're being attacked on all ends mm-hmm. and like, you know, trying to be torn down. I kind of feel like Obama got that same backlash whenever it felt like he was trying to do something that would positively affect the black community. I mean, I I can't speak on specifics, but it just seemed like there was such a backlash. Even, you're saying even like voter community? suppression. No, American? from white, oh. like the 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 Republican Party mm-hmm. and you know, just the Tea Party that Tea Party movement. Because there's like this, they started to recognize, like you said, he galvanized people, that he did well, and they started to recognize that. Oh shit! Oops! I mean, shoot! <laughs> We're going to lose the power. Mm-hmm. It is. It is about the power. These people support Donald Trump. Because they feel like they have power. They look stupid on TV. Most of them. I mean, really, some of the stuff that happens in this administration, anybody in their right mind. Like, you don't believe that, sir, senator. You don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But because you're afraid of losing power, yeah. getting money in your pocket, uh, putting bills through that you think, you know, best fit your community. But, I mean, you know it. It fits your community. You were raised with a lot of money, and that's what you. That's all you know. You don't know anything about poverty, so you can't relate. You you couldn't come up with a bill that works for people. But the hmm, mm. yeah, I, I I'm gonna leave that one. Well, I just think there's a lot of uh, you know, despite you know us having a record number of um, blacks. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of black political representation in local governments um, and, you know, record number in the House now. Um, there still s- seems to be some strides that can be made, especially in the Senate um, and uh, governorships oh, yeah. um, across the United States, Senators. Uh, which controls a lot of uh, things like gerrymandering, um, like when it comes to redrawing district lines mm-hmm. and... Um, tilting of power and, and, and you know, how Republicans kind of use that whole gerrymandering as a means to remain in power. Because, yeah. in my opinion, you know, I haven't done much research on this, but just looking at the way that they have to use all of these tactics to, you know, stay in power, that if the, if the scales were even... You know, Republicans will probably have like little to no representation. Um, like there would probably always be a Demo- Democratic majority if there, if it wasn't for gerrymandering. 
Um, because I just feel like there's a younger electorate now that's ready to hold people accountable. Um, and they want more progressive, more progressive, uh, policies. Um, there's a more tolerant generation that's coming up now. Um, and you have the whole Tea Party movement, um, but I, I feel like that's really small. And if it wasn't for gerrymandering and tipping the scales, um, yeah, most this whole electoral wouldn't college mm-hmm. wouldn't even be an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if we're going to have gerrymandering and things of that nature, I do think that the, you know, the electoral college is way outdated. Um, and that's something that I've... Uh, I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's outdated, period. Most other, you know, countries, areas, ain't none of that. You get the popular vote, and that is it. But, you know, more to come. I know we'll... Talk about some other yeah, things at some so point. yeah, um, so yep, it's been a great conversation on uh, limitations of black political representation. Um, follow us um, so you can catch the next episode, our season finale. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to um, you tuning in for the next episode of Constitution. <laughs>